This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Didn't do a show last week. It was Labor Day weekend. You know, it would have been kind of a full time to get something together, especially to write the show notes on Sunday morning because Sunday was the day that our family gets together uh, to you know to visit, to hang out, and have a cookout. And that we do that at uh, on Labor Day weekend. We do that at my older brother's place. Uh, it was actually that Sunday was the first time that Amy and I got to see our son Hayden in person where we could touch him and hug him and there he is uh in the first time for like 16 days since we dropped him off at college so it was kind of you know it's kind of a big deal we like that um so we decided to take the weekend off just for a show and I'd like to I'd like that sometimes to just not have something you know I this is a little sidetrack I'm going to go on here. Uh, I have a uh, fellow that I know lives down in Arkansas. Uh, a while back, uh, I was illustrating some uh, comic strip ideas he had. And uh, we didn't get syndicated or anything, but, uh, you know, got some interest. And he, he's been doing some stuff, and, and uh, he, he just told me, he says he's got a podcast now. It's like five-minute-long podcast where he tells a story, a story that he writes. And he's already got like 5,000 subscribers. I thought, what the... What am I doing wrong <laughs> on this show? I get like 15 downloads a show. What I, I don't, you know, do I suck? Is, is it just nobody knows I'm out here? I don't know. I don't know. And yet I persevere. I've only been doing this for 11 years. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the secret is. I don't know. But after the middle section of this week's show, I might be glad that I don't have a ton of listeners <laughs> because, well, you'll hear when I get to the middle section of the show. Anyway, so um, this is also the end of the, now, as I sit here uh, recording this, is the end of the second week-ish of work that Amy's done uh, back at the old job. Back at Coldside. Coldside's been getting mentioned a lot recently on this show because, well, our friend Norman, who died, worked at Coldside, and and there's and Amy's now gone back to work at Coldside, so it's going to come up. It's uh, you know, it's I suppose it's reasonable to expect that I'll mention Coldside a little bit here. Uh, the very first week that she went back to work there, it was just Monday, Wednesday, Friday. She's been working half days, working with Richard, the artist that uh, um, is going to retire. Um, and he's uh, been showing her the ropes and getting her sort of back up to speed and all that kind of thing, and she'll be fine. But um, uh, the other thing is, uh, so this week, I should say, uh, she worked a full week, full as it is because Labor Day, we had Monday off, but she's worked a full week, again, half days, getting done at 1 o'clock or so, and uh, she's been working with Richard again. He'll be with her for the first, you know, through Tuesday next week, and then he's going to officially go into retirement land. And it's been good to see him. Like today, uh, Amy left a little bit early. Uh, we, I had a, prod, uh, a thing that I do for my job where twice a month I go and I clean a suite during the day. We have to do this during the day, and I, I do it on a Friday uh, in the middle of the day. Like I get there by 11 o'clock. I'm done with the thing by noon, and I figured, well, I'm about halfway to where she works when I do that place, so I figured, why don't I just head out over there, and then let's let's do lunch, I'll take you home, you'll leave a little early that day. So that's what's today, and that's fine, and I get to see 
you know, to the old place. I, I can't, I can't express how uh, how good it feels <laughs> being there. I sat at the at the at the drawing table, light table, drawing slash light table that I used and that Amy used when we worked in the art department. You know, when I worked in the art department before her, that was my spot. Then I left and she got hired and she she worked at that table and I sat there today, just looked at it and just said, Yep, this is where I spent, I don't know, three and a half years or something working here. Or you know, something like that. And 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 then just seeing the place and seeing Richard, my friend that I haven't seen for quite a while, and the the old bosses who could be a little bit exasperating sometimes, especially one of them. But they're still decent fellows, and I like them a lot. And you know, it's just and, just, and talking to the new office guy that they have there, and he seems like he's got it together. He's with it, and he's you know he, he helps out, and and the printers are very happy with him. And Richard is very happy with him as a, as an office person, and I feel good about that guy working with with Amy, you know, to help her through what she's got to do there, and and just and talking to an old printer that uh, uh, that's still there. He when he started out before I left, he was uh, you know was cleaning screens and stuff like that and just learning how to print now he pretty much runs the print shop and i was back to talking with him and just you know it's just i don't know of all the places i've worked that was my favorite place to work just the the people that were around were pretty cool and of course you know i talked about norman quite a bit um but, you know he was pretty cool but there were other people that were very cool that we worked with and there's just it's just a it was a great place so it's just just being there again today just felt right. <laughs> and I'm glad that Amy has found that. And let's see how things go when she's solo. She's a little anxious about it, but I think she'll be okay. So as I said, uh, we saw Hayden. Um, and um, that was fun. You know, it was great to be able to hug him and do, you know, just do the family thing. And, and then he, um, he, he, you know, he came up with my sister, who teaches at the same university that at which he is attending. Uh, he came up with her, and then she brought him back down because, well, she lives down there. Mankato wife makes sense to do it that way. She said she had a nice conversation with him on the way up. I'm, I'm assuming she had a nice conversation with him on the way back. Uh, anyway, so when Hayden returned uh, on Monday, Labor Day. He sent me a photograph. Uh, he and a couple of friends went to a Goodwill thrift store down there in Mankato. They were looking to buy some stuff, or just looking around, maybe. And he was looking through the uh, the T-shirt racks, and he, he sent me a picture of a T-shirt. And he says, uh, uh, the text that he sent along with that was words to the effect of, maybe I'm high or insane right now, but this looks like a piece of your art. And I looked at it, and I texted him back, and I said, that is a piece of my art. He had found a t-shirt that uh, Coldside had printed for uh, Blake School, which is a private school in uh, Minneapolis, a very hoity-toity, I think expensive uh, private school. When I started working at Coldside, I don't know if it was right away in 96, in the fall of 96, or maybe it was the next year, but um, there was a uh, yearly project being done for the Blake schools uh, for their homecoming. I think there's two locations for the school, but the one we worked with was the one in, in Minneapolis. And the art teacher from that school would come in with some ideas from the students, and we, he and I developed this working relationship on coming together, you know, working out ideas, and I would draw them up for the kids. They would have some kind of idea. I'd draw them up, um, you know, and we do that. I think there was a couple of times when he was really happy with what the student had done, what the A student had done, and he brought it in. He says, can you just, you know, make this ready for printing? And that's, that's I work on it to do that. It wouldn't be something that I would create. And so we did that for however many years, and for as long as I was at uh, Coldside, you know, when I was in the art department until uh, May of 1999, and I left for a little while, but I came back in the late summer 2000, 
uh, when I was, and I worked in the office, but even working in the office, uh, the art teacher would come in and he'd work with me because uh, I had a particular set of skills that the that my wife, who was now working in the art department, and Leanne, the art director, uh, that they didn't have this cartooning skills that I have. So I would work with the, the art teacher and getting all that stuff together. And, uh, and then when, after I left working at Coldside and moved on to the uh, janitor place uh, to work as an office manager, um, I, I would get contacted with him in September, uh, contacted by him in, in September, and he'd say, oh, I, we, here's an idea. And, and I would do that for a few years until he retired. And then the new teacher that took over this decided that you know that new teacher really wanted the students to do the designs, and I said that's fine. Yeah, I enjoyed doing them while I did. And so the design that that Hayden spotted was a takeoff of the Avengers movie, which I guess came out in 2012. And uh, what I did was I just kind of uh, they they wanted to do an Avengers thing, and we called it Bear. Avengers because the school mascot is a bear. So I had developed this sort of cartoony bear design that I've used over the years when I would do designs for these guys. And I just uh, would create, I took the poster, the main poster with all the characters where you can see their faces. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, you know, like Tony Stark or Robert Downey Jr. doesn't have the mask on. You can see his face. And they're standing in a circle kind of thing. And I, so I just, I just redrew that poster and you just turned them into bears, uh, the characters that were in there. And then I don't know if I laid out the type in a mock-up layout and then handed it over to uh, Leanne, who was working in the art department at that time, and then she f did the full layout of the art. She did the color separations for everything. And so... So Hayden sees this this piece of uh, this T-shirt with this design on it. It's a white T-shirt. The design is three colors. It's uh, it's black line with blue and green fill, uh, along with the white of the shirt filling in some, in, the, in some of the uh, color. And and he and he I called him, and I said yeah. That, after I texted him, I, I called him. I said yeah. I, that's I I did that. And I said did you buy it? And he said, no, uh, but we're still in the parking lot, and, and I can go do it. And he did. He went in and he bought it. It was only five bucks. And it looked like it was un it hadn't been worn. It, it looked like it was just right off the press. Um, and my guess is the, the school buys a certain number of shirts for their homecoming, and whatever they don't sell, they, they give to charity. And then somehow, nine years later, in Mankato, this shirt shows up, a piece of art, and he's looking through, and this, my, and I'm sure he told his friends this. I think my dad did this, <laughs> and Hayden did tell me that he had some uh, recollection of me working on that design. So that's part of, you know, he wasn't just recognizing my style; he was just recognizing that I think I've seen him work on this, and I, I think he did this. So as coincidence would have it, since my wife has been working at Coldside again. Uh, just yesterday, when I picked her up from work, she had come out with uh, some uh, envelope filled with uh, some original art that I had done that was just kind of laying around. And Richard said, "You think Jim will want these back?" And she said, "Sure." And so it was uh, several designs that I had, I had done. It was the finished art, you know, for the ink art, um, in order to you know transfer to film to put on screens to put on shirts, uh, and Bear Avengers assemble was right there. <laughs> there it was. There was the, the finished inks that I had done. Uh, there was also a design based on, uh, well, there was a, a design that was kind of based on the old uh, Evolution uh, series of illustrations, you know, where it starts out with a monkey-like creature and then in each step gets more and more human. You know, you've seen that. That's that's a misleading illustration. It, it, it tends to make people think that that's shows the progression the actual progression from you know from a more primitive creature to a human it's not quite accurate but uh, anyway so I did a, 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 a series illustration of, of characters starting with a human man in a suit who was a, who was a, I guess a teacher at the school that was retiring that year and as each each six, uh, successive uh, character was becoming the bear character 
until at the end it's full on bear being excited about something. So I did that. And then the uh, other design that was in there for Blake Schools was a, a takeoff of uh, Harry Potter. And it was uh, from the, uh, it was, a, I just, just kind of redid the illustration on the cover of D Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, the, the final book of the series, where he's holding up something in the air. And I have him holding up a, a cup, uh, like, a, like a championship cup kind of thing. So, uh, what do they call those? Loving cups? Something. Is that what they call them? Anyway, so he's holding that up. And, and so it was really cool to see that. And then there were some other designs in there, which I'm not going to talk about. Maybe at some other time. But, yeah, you know, I, 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 I took pictures of them. I put them up on the Facebook. And people were pointing out, wow, what a coincidence. What a coincidence. See, my son, when I showed him, said, hey, look what your mom just brought home from Coldside. And he said, wow, what a coincidence, because I sent him the Bear Avengers thing. And Amy, I sent her, you know, I said, this was in the stack of art that you brought. And because she, she, she only had a chance to kind of glance through. She didn't really get a chance to look at them. And I said, you know, Bear Avengers is in there. And she said, wow, what a coincidence. And I guess it is a coincidence. Coincidence? Yes, yes, that, that is a coincidence. So... Uh, it was it, it's cool again you know being back at Coldside or at least for Amy anyway it's really cool and and just this you know, finding these this, these old pieces of art and being back at the place once in a while just looking around and seeing the stuff and just seeing how it just oh, it just brings back the stuff brings back the memories it's uh, it's a nifty kind of place um, I've reached my first break moment so I'm gonna take that uh, yes the uh, uh, the middle section of the show is coming. Uh, I, I hope I handle it well enough. <laughs> anyway, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'll, I'll return after this, uh, this break. I was a highwayman Along the coach roads I did ride Sword and pistol by my side. Station identification. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on ZTalk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. And welcome back to uh, Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, uh, oh, I've already said that at the top of the show. I don't have to say it again, do I? You know, that I'm uh, something or other and uh, not really a doctor, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I was going to read something here to you. I didn't have, I should have found, found it before I uh, 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 got started with the show. But, um, just bear with me. I'll, I'll get to it. Uh, I'm going to read. You'll recognize it when I start to read it. <clears throat> um, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion. All right? That is the uh, establishment clause of the First Amendment. And we got into a little uh, thing on the... Uh, 
Facebook. And I, yes, I admit that uh, it was me being a, maybe a little bit provocative, but hear me out. The other day, a uh, representative from Pennsylvania, a woman named Stephanie uh, Borowitz, hope I have that right, uh, she's a Republican, which isn't going to be a surprise when you find out what I'm going to tell you about. She shared an image of uh, what, uh, which kind of looks like satellite image of Earth and 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 the United, you know, North America in particular. Now I say kind of looks like a satellite image. It's we, you know, I look at that and I think that looks a little bit uh, faked up. It, it doesn't look like an actual um, satellite image of North America. And the borders of the United States are clearly marked. It's like a, like a, like a reddish line, thick reddish line, you know, marking the borders of the United States of America. And, uh, and it, the reason why it looks somewhat suspicious is one, there's no clouds. Now, you may have a portion of the globe that has no clouds in the sky, but you're not going to have an entire continent without any clouds in the sky. It's, I, don't, I don't even know if that's possible. I think the likelihood of that happening is vanishingly small. So we see, so that's the first thing. You see no clouds. And the other thing is, it's, it, it's becoming nighttime on the eastern side of the United States, where it's just like it cuts through, oh, but I can't see it right, look, look at it, but I think it cuts through like the, uh, at the, it, right at the first part of the, of the Great Lakes, you know, like, like Erie over there, and it cuts through at an angle down toward, down toward Texas, I suppose. And any and it gets and it's dark over there, so you see the, the 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 lights of the city. You know, you see that city lights that you see at night when you look at it. And it it goes from day to night rather quickly, and I don't think that's how it goes. I was talking about this with the Minnesota skeptics, and there were there was at least one other person that had the same opinion that it seems like a real dramatic cutoff between it's daylight where you can't see any city lights to just a couple miles and one the other way and it's you can see city lights it seems like it's a uh, it's the, the resolution wasn't great for the image it seems like it might be a composited image taken from satellite photos maybe it could be but it's anyway so it just it looks a little suspect but still it, it it shows North America with the United States clearly marked out. And the the representative who shared this uh, shared it with this comment. May God continue to bless America. Amazing satellite imagery. I, I wouldn't say it's amazing because, again, like I said, it doesn't look like it's real. It looks it looks somewhat I don't know somewhat manufactured the imagery, but here we are again with a you know surprise surprise Republican wearing their religion on their sleeve, you know a Republican uh, uh, Congressperson. This is a representative of some portion of the state or maybe the entire state of Pennsylvania. I don't know. I don't know if she's a state, you know, or I, I don't, I'm not sure how high up in the ranking she is. Uh, I, it, it took me till today to finally just kind of look her up to see what party she was in. So I, I, I assumed Republican, but I didn't know until I looked it up and found her Wikipedia page, and she is, in fact, a Republican. So surprise, surprise, Republicans, you know, God bless, may God continue to bless America. 
an amazing satellite imagery. So I responded. I don't know why I've been seeing these images. I think, or seeing these posts on Facebook. I think it's because a Facebook friend of mine will comment on it. And for some reason that activates it for my page. I don't know why. So I see it, and I, and I, and I, a lot of the comments on there, uh, and I did, I did respond with a bit of snark, but a lot of the comments on there were far more snarky than what I came up with. But I, I, just felt compelled to say something. And what I said was, prayed that satellite right up there, did we? And that was it. That's all I said. And I got jumped on. Jumped on by somebody that I, I know from, from high school. Someone that I've talked to in a way, I've talked about in a way on this show, uh, without giving details of who he is and all that. But that just got real upset with me for mocking this person and making fun of their belief and persecuting them. It's like, persecution? Really? Mocking, I suppose. Making fun of, I guess. I could see that. And I explained, and I'll explain it to you now. Sometimes, atheists, and in this case, this one, should stand up and say, hey, we're here too. We are here. Okay? We're here. You, uh, 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 Representative uh, Borowitz, you are a representative of the people of Pennsylvania. Maybe just of some district of Pennsylvania, maybe of the whole state of Pennsylvania, but in a way, being that you are in Congress... You not only are you a representative of Pennsylvania, but you're also, in a way, a representative of the United States. Although you you don't work so much direct, you know, for the entire country. Although you may consider that you do, but your your main concern is your constituents. Well, I guarantee you that some of your constituents don't believe in God, any God, not just your God. But any God. There are some that believe in many gods. It's, it's, you're a representative of the people. And atheists are among the people that you represent. And I, part of me wants to say, yeah, I understand. You know, that's, it's, that's who they are. It's, they're, they're religious and they, you know, that's okay to express themselves. Okay. But you see... It goes a little farther than that because I investigated her page on, on Facebook. I went to her page and she's got the, the what they call the cover photo at the top. It's like a banner photo at the top of a person's page. And what it shows is uh, what looks like looks to be like the atrium of some building. You see a couple of American flags, but the focus of the photograph is a banner that's hanging in that atrium. It shows a, a stylized evergreen tree with the words above it saying... Um, an appeal to heaven. Now, if that's a government building, there could be an argument made that that is in violation of the Establishment Clause. Uh, you know, with Congress not being allowed to establish a religion. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. That could be a violation of what we what's called the separation of church and state. Now, I know the separation of church and state, those words don't appear in the Constitution, but Thomas Jefferson, when writing about what he, you know, what he thought government should be, mentioned there should be a wall of separation between the church and state. And the church doesn't just mean the building, it means religion. And I think, I, I may, this may be me showing a certain bias, but I have a feeling that the people that, uh, this is my friend, and I hope he takes this in the right way, that my friend that got upset with me for mocking this person's belief, I think that he might be able to get on board if the statement said a separation between, you know, a separation of, of synagogue and state. Possibly, uh, and, and far more likely, I think, although I'm not sure, 
separation of mosque and state. But the thing is, church means those two. Church doesn't mean just mean Christian. It means all the different flavors of Christian and Judaism and 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 uh, Islam and Jainism and Hinduism and Wiccan and all the whatever religions there are Scientology if we're going to call that a religion you know everything there's a separation because for part of the reason is some of us don't believe any of that and and I don't want to oversell this because I know it's only the, the tiniest of slivers. It's just the tiniest amount of understanding. Just the teeniest, tiniest, little tiny bit of a, of a sliver of an understanding of what people of color feel with some of them, maybe many of them, I don't know if it's most of them, feel about this country and not having a place at the table. And you know, even though I cannot understand, I cannot have that full understanding of what that's like. I'm still a white guy. You know, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm a white heterosexual male. I still have all that going for me. I have a place at the table unless I start talking about being an atheist. And that's the thing. Somebody who's who's got brown skin, some, or, or, you know, black skin, red skin, yellow skin, you know, someone that doesn't, you know, a person of color, in this country, they can't exactly hide that. I can just keep my mouth shut and just go along to get along and be an atheist. And nobody would know. It's just, it's not like it's tattooed on my forehead or something. It's not like something you see. I can't hide. I can hide my non-belief. So, like as I said, I only have the, the tiniest sliver of an inkling of understanding of what it feels like to not feel that you have a place at the table. I feel it. Doesn't matter what party the person is. I feel it every time uh, a, a president completes, you know, a speech and says, "God bless America. God bless our troops." You know, you know, does does that stuff. You know, they didn't all, used to do that. They didn't. Nixon didn't do that. Gerald Ford didn't do that. Jimmy Carter didn't do that. Did he? Did any of them do that? But it's somewhere along the line, they had to end the speech by saying, God bless America, or some iteration of that, appealing to everybody's, you know, most people's imaginary friend. Oh, I know. That's not very, that's kind of dismissive. But bear with me here, huh? You know, this is something I haven't, as an atheist, I don't understand completely. This idea that somebody who is a person of faith is somehow should be given uh, uh, that they're that they're virtuous because they're a person of faith and and, and i look at that saying what they still believe in their emergent imaginary friend really and we're supposed to give them some kind of look if your faith helps you to be a kinder person a more respectful person of others to, to be kind to others if that helps well then okay all right if you're the kind of person that your faith keeps you from murdering and raping, then by all means, continue to believe. See, that that comes from this question that some, some atheists will get on occasion from believers. Well, what keeps you from, you know, killing anybody or, mur or raping someone? What keeps you from doing that? Ah, jeez, I don't know, because it's wrong? Well, how do you know it's wrong if you don't have God to tell you it's wrong? I don't know. Uh, I guess because... I wouldn't want to be killed, and I wouldn't want to be raped, and I have empathy, and I can understand that other people feel the same way. It's wrong. I think that's pretty simple. I don't need a third party hanging over me telling me, oh, that's wrong. And by the way, it's not always wrong, according to that third party. If you look at that book that was written a couple thousand years ago or more, in this tiny little part of the world were by men who didn't know about China or the Americas or Antarctica, didn't know that there were people living in those areas. Well, not Antarctica, but there were penguins down there, didn't know about them. These guys somehow cued into everything. You know, if the Bible had indisputable language in it that said that there are 
there's a there are two other continents or one other continent depending on the part of the world you are some some people think of uh, north and south america the americas as one continent in the united states we we think of it as two uh but you know okay so if if in the bible it says there are two masses of land over at this place gave longitude and latitude <laughs> gave those gave those marks and said there are what are populated by people who uh this many years ago had be, had crossed over from east of here and, uh, through over what's called a, a land bridge over into that land if that had that kind of language there because surely god would know that god knows about land longitude and latitude he knows about the land bridge he knows that he surely he knew there were people there and there were penguins down in antarctica surely he knew all that well why didn't he put it in the bible if it was there and i mean in un Dispute, indisputable language, unequivocal, stating straight up where it says there's no other interpretation. It's not open to interpretation. Well, see what he's saying here is that he's indicating that no, 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 straight up say that that would be some pretty good evidence that that God or something that has you know some form of intelligence has knowledge that these people didn't have when they wrote the book. I know I've talked about this in the past. You know when it comes to the Ten Commandments. You know, you know what's not in the Ten Commandments? You know, it's got the thou not, shall not kill, that kind of thing. You know it's, what's not there? Thou shall not rape, thou, not shall, thou shall not have slaves, thou shall not abuse children. Those three are not in there. You know why? Because the men who wrote it didn't care about those things. And in fact, in the Bible, the book that they that so many people revere, there's there's passages in there that talks about how you can rape the daughters of your enemies. And there's passages in there to tell you how to treat your slaves. Not to not have them, but how to treat them. And of course, we can't forget, spare the rod, spoil the child. So, come on, you know, it's like, come on. They got to fill the first three or four commandments in the Ten Commandments with, I'm your God, don't have any other gods, don't use my name in a bad way, keep my day holy. You know, it's like, me, me, me. <sighs> so, just speaking from this atheist perspective, when I hear this, this virtuousness of being a person of faith, when I hear that stated, it's, I, I think of a situation like this. Let me illustrate to you what, I, what it seems like to me. All right? Suppose you start a job and I'm a coworker of yours. And you just started there and you're asking, what's the boss really like? And and in, in in my describing of the boss, I say she's, uh, you know, at some point I say she's a she's a person of faith. Very she's very devout in her faith. Oh oh, is she Christian? Uh, well no. Oh oh, uh, is she Jewish? Uh, no. Um, is she is she Muslim? Uh, no. Well, well what then? Well she has a a, uh, a very strong and devoted faith in Santa Claus. Now, I know you're listening to me saying, oh, come on, Jim. But really, I mean, I can't speak for all atheists. But for this one here, sitting here on this couch, making this little recording, that's how I hear it when somebody starts going on about what a, what a person of faith this is. And I'll say again, you know, Amy and I went to, went to the ball game, see the Twins. It was on a Sunday. And I guess the Sunday games, since a certain event that took place 20 years ago, which happened during baseball season, and in New York City, of course, we have this new tradition of singing God Bless America in the seventh inning stretch. There was already a fine tradition for that, that inning, which was singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. But no, but, you know, and baseball can decide to do what it wants to do. It's a private organization, as far as I understand, although they do get some money from you know, to build their stadiums and all that from the public so maybe maybe we say hey you know you're taking public money to pay for your stadiums you know you're getting that then you, you you can't do this god bless america thing because not everybody in the stadium believes in god but i don't you know i just i just i guess i just have to deal with it because i don't have a seat at the table can you see a straight up uh atheist out and 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 atheist and atheist that's that's outspoken about being an atheist can you see that person running for president and being elected in this country can you you think that's really going to happen oh there were those that thought you know obama he's 
he's an atheist. Wink, wink. He's an atheist. He, he is. He's one. Yeah. No, no. I take him at his word. He says he's Christian. I take him at his word. Yeah. So, this discussion that took place because of this representative from Pennsylvania, and, and I just, you know, that satellite was prayed up there, was it? And I, I, I started talking about, and I brought up a representative here from Minnesota, Elon Omar. She's Muslim. And I said, and I asked them, here's a thought experiment for you. Suppose, just suppose, that Elon Omar posted that same photograph, the exact same photograph of the satellite imagery, in quotes, of the Earth, North America, United States in particular. She, she puts that same image up, and she says the same thing. She texts the same thing, except instead of saying, God, continue to bless America, she says, Allah. How would you react? I would react the same way. Prayed that satellite up there, did we? Would you react the same way? Would you be as upset with me? Now, my friend did say he would respect her religious beliefs and all that. He did say that. I'll give him credit for that. But what about the other folks? Somehow, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to be as forgiving. Remember when Obama was running for president against John McCain? And McCain was giving some kind of a campaign stop with a bunch of people, a town hall kind of thing. And there was a woman out there who was very upset that that uh, Obama was a Muslim. And and McCain says, oh, no, he's not. He's a very good man. He's very, you know, all that. He's, he, we just have different ideas about how to run the country. And we both, you know, love this country and we want what's best for it. But we just have different ideas on how to achieve these things. And, you know, words to that effect. But it, it's not... It's not what he should have said, because he should have turned to the woman and said, so what if he is? I mean, I'll take him at his word that he's Christian, but so what if he was Muslim? This is from Article 2, Section 1 of the United States Constitution. No person except a natural-born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible to the office of president. Neither shall any person be eligible to that office who shall not have attained the age of 35 years and been 14 years in residence, got to turn the page, within the United States. That's it. There's nothing said about their height, their weight, the color of their skin, the, 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 their gender, their sexual preferences, which religion they are, nothing. Born here, 35 years, lived here for 14 years. That's it. Those are the three. It doesn't even say you can't be a, fel a felon and, and become president. It doesn't even say that. Now, maybe there's somewhere else in the Constitution that I'm unaware of where there's an amendment that says the president can't be a felon. But I don't believe so. If I'm wrong, let me know. Email me at drdim at dimland.com. D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. Email me there. Oh, and by the way, before I get off of this and go to my next break, people of faith, we are on the verge. This show is going to drop on a uh, particular anniversary. A 20-year anniversary, and it, it's 9/11. I just want to remind you that the people who flew those planes into the buildings were also people of faith. You listen to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'll return after this break. all the competition and we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition you're listening to z talk radio network you're listening to z talk radio's redheaded stepchild it's dr dim on dimland radio on the z talk radio network 
Podcast. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey, son, hey, son. Have you ever wondered what skeptics are up to in countries where English is not necessarily the first language? Or are you interested to learn about some fascinating and sometimes very bizarre Europe-related facts, events or people from history of skepticism? Or do you just want to know who's been really wrong lately? You can find out all about that and more on the award-winning show The ESP, the, the European, European Skeptics, Skeptics Podcast. Podcast. So, where can people find the show? You can find it online at theesp.eu, but you can also follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu, or like us on Facebook. Oh, and you can contact the show by sending an email to info at theesp.eu. If you want to subscribe, do a quick search for the European Skeptics Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get to your podcast. The European Skeptics Podcast. The real ESP experience. Listen to Z Talk Radio on ZTalkRadio.com. He said, I'll love you till I die. She told him, You'll forget in time. As the years went slowly by. She still prayed upon his mind And now it's time for a Dimland Radio Pedantic Moment Yeah, this ought to be good uh, Maybe uh, I just saw this ad on the television I think it's for Amazon I'll have to search for it and put it on the show notes page if I can find it. Uh, you go to the show notes page by going to dimland.com and clicking on the show notes. It is, I think it's for, I think it's for Amazon. It shows a, uh, a Rapunzel character, a woman sitting in a window of a, of a tower, apparently. We don't ever, I don't know if we see the establishing shot of the outside of it. Maybe we do. But uh, she's got her hair braided and hanging out the window, and she's waiting for... Some you know the, her prince to come to climb up her hair to somehow rescue her from from the tower, and uh, the guy's not showing up. So she goes online and she orders a ladder, and you see the ladder be delivered. And she climbs out and she gets on a horse and rides off. But the thing is, the thing that's pedantic about this is, is her hair isn't nearly long enough. Come on, her hair it doesn't even doesn't go barely past her butt. <laughs> I mean, maybe down to the back of her knee. Okay, that's that's if if. If she's hanging her hair out the window for her Prince Charming to come along and climb up, if that's as long as her hair is and the guy is able to climb up because of that, she could just jump out the window. She's not gonna she, she's not even gonna twist an ankle. She's not high enough to hurt herself. It's just that the hair is not nearly long enough. You may have noticed I was playing country music in my uh, bumpers on this show. I do like country music. Um, a friend on Facebook shared a video that uh, uh, for the song um, "Who's Gonna Fill Their Shoes," which was a, a song released by George Jones, legendary country music uh, artist George Jones. Uh, the song came out in 1985. It was written by Max D. Barnes and Troy Seals. If I, I think I got that name right. Uh, and again, it's 1985, and it's a, it's you know it's not a classic country song, but it's a good country song. Uh, and what it is, it's 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 sort of a, a look back on the legends of country music and wondering, you know, when these legends are gone, who's gonna who's gonna take over? Who's gonna continue the greatness of country music? In the, as the title says, who's going to fill their shoes? All right, so um, there's a. Uh, I'm going to read through some of the lyrics, and uh, they're they're uh, uh, the lyrics are a little cryptic about who they're respond uh, who they're ref 
referring to. I'm going to go through that and I'm going to tell you who they're referring to and uh, then we'll have a little more fun with this. But before I get to that, the video itself, a couple of bits of interest about the video. Uh, first it has uh, what I think is uh, by 1985 would be a pretty old trope. Uh, the trope is that, um, you know, it's just, uh, and not many people come around here since the interstate opened. You know, you get that trope. You know, where businesses that used to thrive, uh, restaurants and gas stations and, and motels that used to get a lot of business, and the old highway system before uh, President Eisenhower got past his uh, legislation to, to build the interstate highway system to the United States. He, he, was, he admired the German Autobahn. He thought, that's a good idea. An interstate system throughout our country would help in emergencies. It'd be these roads where you know, the military could make you know, uh, could move equipment easily and quickly across the country. That's part of the reason he thought it was a good idea. So in, in 1956, they passed this legislation to build the, the interstate. And in the early 60s, I guess, it started cropping up this, uh, this, this trope about you know, the old highway system. All those businesses were drying up because everybody took to the uh, interstate. The old highway system, you couldn't go as fast. They were not. They weren't as safe because a lot of them were just two lanes: one going one way, one going the other way, and these curvy roads, and you had to pass people, and it's a little dangerous. Uh, and the interstate were big. You know, the the lane. There were more lanes. You could go faster. Uh, there were newer roads, uh, safer, and just more convenient. So people took to them. They, they just did. So these little businesses and towns began to see less customers and less tourists or less people coming through because they were just bypassing them on the interstate. So this trope came up, and I think uh, Alfred Hitchcock's film uh, Psycho, which came out in 1960, well, the whole Bates Motel thing was was based on that idea that, well, the hotel used to do much more business back before the interstate came through and you know, took all the traffic away from us. So we just don't get as many customers as we used to. So that this trope has, you know, came up then. And by 1985, when this video came out for the song, it uses that trope. And I thought it's pretty old by then. I'm wondering how many businesses might still be going along because the video starts off with a, it's at a gas station that's on an old highway, and you know it just doesn't see the, much business. There's this old timer sitting out front. He's got these bib, you know, this jean bib overalls, a white t-shirt, he's wearing a trucker's cap, and he's just sitting out front. But nothing's happening. He's got two pumps out there, and he's got the. It's the it's the kind of gas station where there's a little bit of a store, and then behind the store is a living area for the, the for the guy to live. You know, he just does this. Is this is his place where he works and his place where he lives. He's sitting out front, no business is going on, so he gets up and walks on into his into his building. And no sooner does he do that than a big tour bus comes pulling up to the gas pumps. And the driver comes off the bus and starts to pump the gas, which, well, hey, this, this old gas station had at least uh, allowed self-serve. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I would expect the old guy to come out and pump the gas. But no, he doesn't. He looks out the window. Okay, and this was the first note of interest that I had. Uh, especially because in the window that the old timer looks out, there's a toy horse. It's just it's sitting on the shelf of the window on the inside. It's just sitting there on the window ledge, and 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 the toy horse I recognized right away. It's Thunder, Johnny West's horse. Mark's toys in the 1960s and 70s had some. They had some really cool toys, and they had this series of toys that were based on Western characters. You know, the, you know, cowboys and Indians kind of thing. Maybe not the most you know sensitive, uh, you know, culturally sensitive, racially sensitive kind of toys now, but cowboys and Indians, and and it had Johnny West was the main cowboy character, and he had a horse named Thunder, and and I I recognized it because I have one up in my room, up you know my 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 art room, which has some of my toys out. I'll put a picture of it up on the show notes page. You'll see it, and I'll put the picture from. The, the screen capture I got from the video where I said, hey, I recognize that horse. Uh, so, so anyway, so the bus pulls up and the old fella 
sees this going on. So he goes out and he talks to the driver and he says, so who, who you got on the, uh, who you got on the bus? And the driver says, well, George Jones is in there. Oh, really, George Jones? You think you think George Jones would uh, would sign my guitar? And he said, well, sure he would. Well, no shit, he'd do that. Now, this isn't verbatim. <laughs> so he says, yeah, just holler on in. He's in there. So the old guy goes up to the open door and he says, Mr. Jones, oh, Mr. Jones. And George Jones comes out and says, well, what can I do for your old timer? And he says, yeah, I was wondering if you could sign my guitar. And he says, well, sure, I can do that. And he starts to follow him into the, and so what you got going on in here? And he walks in into the store and then he walks into the room where the guy lives and it's a shrine to country music posters car cardboard cutouts album covers it's a shrine to the country legends and of course the song starts there and george sits and sings and all that so let's go through the lyrics shall we i wonder how i wonder how over time i'm going to go on this show <laughs> anyway i'm going through it anyway if it's a longer show it's a longer show uh the lyrics are as thus, uh, uh, follow us this way. Uh, you know, this old world is full of singers, but just a few are chosen to tear your heart out, heart out when they sing. Imagine life without them, all your radio heroes. Like the outlaw who walks through Jesse's dreams. No, there'll be never, there'll never, no, there will never be another redheaded stranger, a man in black and Folsom prison blues, the Okie from a Skokie, or hello darling lord i wonder who's going to fill their shoes and then he goes through the, the the chorus gets back into the lyrics god bless the boys from memphis blue suede shoes and elvis much too soon he left this world in tears they tore up the 50s old jerry lee and charlie and go cat go still echoes through the years you know the heart of country music still beats in luke the drifter i can tell you can tell it when he sang i saw the light Old Marty, Hank, and Lefty, why I can feel him right here with me on this silver eagle rolling through the night. All right, so he's referring to these country legends. All right, and let me, and I know most of the references before, but I, I, before looking them up. I did look them up. There's some radio station, country radio station's website that has the, the references. And let me, go, I'll run through them for you. Sit back and listen. Uh, the outlaw that walks through Jesse's dreams, the outlaw is referring to Waylon Jennings. And Jesse would be Jesse Coulter. Uh, I guess Waylon Jennings was married to her, and she also had some country songs um, uh, to her credit. Uh, the redheaded stranger is Willie Nelson. Uh, a man in black and Folsom prison blues, that's Johnny Cash. The Okie from, from Muskogee is uh, Merle Haggard. Or, and Hello Darling is, uh, is Conway Twitty. Uh, the the God bless the boys from Memphis. Uh, it's blue suede shoes and Elvis. Well, that's referring to Carl Perkins and Elvis Presley, of course. He's the one that left us uh, uh, too soon. A world full of tears or that kind of thing. Um, Carl Perkins and uh, Elvis Presley uh, uh, both did the song blue suede shoes. So that, that's that's referring to them. Uh, they tore up the fifties. Old Jerry Lee. And Charlie, uh, that's Jerry Lee Lewis and Charlie Pride. Now, I was going to dispute the Charlie Pride thing, but I looked into it, and he did work for because his first record came out in 1960. And, but in 1958, he worked for Sun Records, which is in Memphis, and that's where Elvis worked, and I believe uh, or that's where Elvis recorded some of his early stuff. Some of his really cool early stuff was done at Sun Records with Sam Phillips. And I, and I think Jerry Lee Lewis also had some connection to Sun Records. And then the Go Cat Go is referring to a line in the song Blue Suede Shoes. So again, we're getting a reference to uh, Carl Perkins and Elvis Presley. And then there's um, uh, the, the Heart of Country Music Still Beating in the Heart of Luke the Drifter. Uh, you can tell when he's saying, I saw the light, he's referring to Hank Williams there. And then there's Old Marty, Hank, and, and Lefty. According to the radio station, uh, Marty, of course, is Marty Robbins. Hank is just... Hank Williams again, and then Lefty is Lefty Frizzell, who is best known for the song Saginaw, Michigan, which is a really nice song. So, is there something you noticed about all these references? With the exception of Jesse Coulter, but she's just there to have somebody, you know, have a legend walk through her dreams. That she, he's not, he's, the song isn't referring to her as a legend. It's the guy, the outlaw that walks through her dreams, that's the legend. So have you noticed something about this song? Have you noticed? It's all men. 
I thought, really? Now, in the video, to give it a little bit of credit, they do show an image of an album cover of Patsy Cline. But that's pretty much it. <laughs> Everything else is, is men. So I thought, uh, oh, and by the way, uh, at the time the song was released, uh, all but four of the men referred to in the song were alive. Uh, the four that were not alive were Hank Williams, Lefty Frizzell, Elvis Presley, and Marty Robbins. They, were, they had all died uh, prior to the song being released. Marty Robbins, uh, the most recent uh, to die, uh, would be, uh, I think it was 1982. Hank Williams died in the early 50s. Uh, Lefty Frizzell died in the mid-50s. And Elvis died in 77. So I thought I would do a little rewrite of the lyrics. Uh, it, it may, may not scan as well as uh, the actual song. It would take a professional songwriter to make this work right. But let's let's just indulge me here and let's go through. And uh, here's here's uh, here's where what I came up with <clears throat> to correct the problem that no women are referred to. Uh, you know this old world is full of singers, but just a few are chosen to tear your heart out when they sing. Imagine life without them. All your radio heroes. Like the little girl and her multicolored coat. No, there'll, there will never be another Jackson fever. A walk after midnight and sweet dreams of you. The girl raised in country sunshine or the other woman. God bless the girls from Kentucky. Brown eyes that turn blue and Loretta. That uh, coal miner's daughter helped us face our fears. They lit up the 70s. Young Tucker and Donna. And Delta Dawn still echoes through the years. You know, the heart of country music still beats inside its queen. You can tell it when she sang, Stand by your man. Old Tammy, Lynn, and Kitty, why I can feel them right here with me on this silver eagle rolling through the night. Now, I know I don't get all the rhymes, and it probably doesn't, you know, the rhythm doesn't quite work. I'm not a songwriter, but I managed to refer to women. In country music, uh, the uh, multicolored coat—that's uh, that's Dolly Parton, the great and wonderful and powerful uh, uh, Dolly Parton. Come on, she's an awesome human being. Uh, Jackson Fever—that's June Carter Cash. A walk after midnight, sweet dreams of you—that's Patsy Cline. Uh, the girl raised on country sunshine is Dottie West. Uh, the other woman is uh, uh, Jean Shepard. Uh, the girls from Kentucky with brown, brown eyes turned blue and Loretta, that's uh, Crystal Gale and Loretta Lynn. They are sisters. Uh, the coal miner's daughter, again, it's a reference to Loretta Lynn. Uh, they lit up the 70s, Young Tucker and Donna. That would be Tanya Tucker and Donna Fargo. Uh, Delta Dawn still sings. That's a, Tanya Tucker was famous for the song Delta Dawn. She sang it or recorded it when she was like 13 or something like that. Uh, and then the heart of country music still beating inside its queen, the queen of country music. Uh, you can tell it when she sang Stand By Your Man. That, of course, is Tammy Wynette, which I thought, come on, George, Tammy Wynette, she was your wife. She was your partner. You're not going to mention her in the Legends of Country Music song and who's going to fill their shoes? And then I, uh, old Tammy, and that's referring to Tammy Wynette again, Lynn, Lynn Anderson, and Kitty, Kitty Wells. There, there. What about the women? <laughs> just, you know, what about the women? What else can I say? I'm just vamping until I can hit this button. Good night, Frau Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, that's an end of another show. Went over a little bit, but I usually do. Uh, remember to be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Please wash your hands. Wear a mask where it's required. Get a vaccine. If you've been vaccinated, thank you so much. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim, Dim Fitzsimmons, saying sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm going to hell. hell.